Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bostead. I have an idea for a show today that I think will be a lot of fun. It's called Visual Aids. I think really the germ of the idea for this show came to me many years ago. I was talking to other composers about concert music versus music that has visuals, even if it's still imagery or film, and how it seems to me that you can get away, so to speak, as a composer with writing any kind of music you want, as long as there are visuals to accompany it. I can write the most experimental music with very dissonant sounds, very tricky rhythms, all kinds of things that are so unsettling. But if there are appropriate images to accompany the music, you never get a kickback from the audience. It's a very interesting thing to me. Well, I thought today on the program, what if I have six different pieces of music, six pieces in different styles, and I ask visual artists to suggest imagery for our listeners. So what I asked the artist to do is to close their eyes, listen to the music, and give me the first visual images that come to their minds. I do not want them to overthink this at all. I'm going to read what each artist has to say, and then I'll play the piece, and I'll tell you what the piece is after we listen to it. Also, you should know that the artists did not know the name of the piece or the composer. This was all done blind, so to speak. The first piece is going to be interpreted by artists Sonia Glissick and Angie Leonard. It's a fairly short piece, so I'll read what Sonia has to say and play the piece, and then read what Angie has to say and play it again. Sonia is a Chicago-based artist and illustrator. She works primarily in printmaking and drawing. I've had a great opportunity to work with her in the past, and I find her art to be absolutely incredible and unique. I knew she'd do a wonderful job interpreting this music. You can find out more information about her at sonyaglissick.com. Here's what Sonia has to say about this piece. It is snowing. As I walk, my boots squeak through the snow, and I look down at them. Childhood. Heavy quiet outside. Then, strong winds as I turn the corner, running. I look up at the sky. It begins to open up. A few birds fly across. The sun emerges, then hides again behind the clouds. There is stillness and melancholia, some kind of heavy, gripping sadness and beauty at the same time. As the music picks up, the image disappears, and I can't hold on to the story. I panic a bit, then return to where I was. Perhaps I'm just reabsorbed into the current of the city and the day.
We heard one artist's visual interpretation of that piece of music. I read the notes by Sonia Glissick right before we heard it. But of course, music is very, very subjective. And I thought it would be fun to have different artists interpret the same piece of music. So we're going to hear that piece of music again, interpreted this time by a different visual artist. Needless to say, this is highly subjective. And I told all the artists there is no wrong or right answer. So I'm simply going to read the notes that they gave me exactly the impressions that came to their mind as they heard this piece. Here, then, is Angie Leonard on the same piece of music. The piece begins sharp, with notes swinging up in a curious, unsettled way, as if asking an urgent and perhaps unwelcome question. As the piece plays out, I stick with the premise of a question raised. This question is not one that can be easily answered. The protagonist allows this question to roam, remaining pensive and inward for some time. In time, perhaps nonlinear thoughts hit upon a visceral nerve, triggering a whirlwind of unfiltered reaction. Overstimulated, the protagonist eventually loses consciousness. The protagonist awakes a bit disoriented, but with peace and a sense of solace that comes in the wake of an emotional outpouring. Enlightened, the protagonist is ready to re-engage with the external world and does so with enthusiasm.
Okay, well, I'll reveal the piece now. It is by Pierre Boulez, notations one through four. We have the great French pianist Pierre Laurent Aymar performing. Again, these pieces were interpreted visually by artists Sonia Glissick and Angie Leonard. We heard things like a whirlwind of unfiltered reaction, a visceral nerve, boots squeaking through the snow, childhood, heavy quiet outside, strong winds, etc. These are all the impressions that went through the minds of the artists as they listened to that piece. Today's program is called Visual Aids. I'm asking artists to give us visual interpretations of several different pieces of music. I'll be playing the pieces and then telling you what they are, and the artists, of course, did not know what they were when they heard them either. The next artist is Bill Bartelt. He is a painter who works primarily in watercolors. Bill actually recognized the piece of music, which completely blew me away. I'm going to read most of what he wrote here. He told a wonderful story about kayaking with a friend of his in the Sea of Cortez off the east coast of Baja, California, and all of the marine wildlife that they encountered during this wonderful trip. I don't have time, unfortunately, to tell the entire story, but you can find it at relevanttones.com. But here's part of what Bill had to say about this magical journey. Dolphins, fish, seals all began to appear as if sculpted in vapor, and slowly danced in the sky, changing from orange to scarlet to purple as the disk of the sun lowered. The soundtrack to all of this was the calling seabirds, which are suggested to me by the energetic, frenetic, and skittish strings in the music. The deep howls and roaring of the bass elements of the orchestra suggest the fierce and primeval masses of red and orange rock that loomed behind us. As the sky eventually began to pale, and the eerie forms in the sky began to dissipate, the birds, too, fell silent. Just as the music fades to quiet, with the onset of night, so did the sky, the sea, and the evening. And we returned to the island, thinking that we might possibly have been the only humans to see this peculiar and unearthly splendor.
The first movement of the Violin Concerto by Esapekka Salonen, we heard Mirage, performed by Leila Yusefowitz, violin with the Finnish Radio Symphony Orchestra, the composer himself conducting. Again, our artistic interpretation of the music was from Bill Bartelt, who had actually recognized the piece. You can find out more about him at BillBartelt.com. The next artist is a friend of mine also, Lane Jackson. She works in paintings and drawings, but she's also interested in words and images. So I knew she'd do a really great job interpreting music. I asked everybody again to write right off the top of their heads. So a lot of these are in a very stream of consciousness format. Here's what Lane has to say about the music that we'll hear as soon as I read what she wrote. Silence, wind, tumbleweeds, a leaf blowing huge sky, something glimmers, something sparkles, flickering, aurora borealis, earth below moves, cracks open, ice falls from somewhere unknown, circles of small birds dive down, hummingbirds, purple, light, faint, then darker, wider, down a cylinder and out into a field of small moving creatures, dark outside big sky, they move slowly in a trance, Huge red pyramids and blocks of orange on their edges moving in random patterns. Golden shape flattens and starts to revolve and turn on axis that comes forward and retreats, changing visual planes. Blue-green dust, sad, beautiful movement, almost a mammal but without gravity. It floats and moves high and everything fades to golden yellow.
piece of music is called Hrim. It's by Icelandic composer Anna Thordvaldsdottir. We heard the Kaput Ensemble with Snorri Sigfus Birgesson conducting. Such an evocative piece. That's why I chose it. I thought that an artist would have a field day listening to that piece and coming up with imagery. We heard imagery like big sky, dark outside, huge red pyramids, blocks of orange. I think it's very interesting imagery by the artist Lane Jackson, who you can find out more about at her website, lanejackson.com. You're listening to Relevant Tones, a show featuring the music of contemporary composers. The theme of today's show is visual aids. I've asked a number of different visual artists to provide interpretations of pieces of music, and I'm reading those with the music on the program today. For streaming versions of this and all previous episodes, you can visit relevanttones.com. The theme of today's program is visual aids. I thought it'd be fun to reach out to different artists and get visual interpretations of several pieces of music. This is such an interesting concept to me, the way that visuals, storytelling, all these things interrelate with music. And of course, composers don't just write concrete music, or they very rarely do. They're often telling some kind of story. And this is what I found with the artists. They are definitely giving me images. They're definitely giving me visual things that come to their mind. But almost every one of the artists also constructed a narrative. Yes, it's a highly evocative narrative full of different imagery. But nonetheless, they did pick up on this narrative element in the pieces. I think it's very, very interesting. It'll never fail to fascinate me how different artists interpret each other's work. Next up is a very colorful artist who works primarily in oil paintings, Linda Cohn. You can see her art at lindaconeart.com. Or if you can't remember all of these websites, you can find links to the work of all of the artists at our website, relevanttones.com. Here's what Linda had to say about the piece of music I'm going to play. Urgency. It's dark. Hurrying down alleys around corners through a maze, peering over my shoulder and no one's there. Am I trying to catch my own tail? Then a bright green clearing opens with light, an old sweet country road, and Chagall's floating lovers. I am found.
We heard Fits and Starts for Cello and Tape by British composer Anna Klein. Benjamin Capps was the solo cellist, and the composer herself was playing backing cello and the tape parts. The visual interpretation, again, was by Linda Cohn. You can find out more information about her work at Linda Cohn, C-O-H-N, lindacohnart.com. For the next piece of music, I asked two artists to interpret it. Again, I think it's really fun to have these highly subjective interpretations of a piece of music. So I'm going to read what Lynn Besa has to say about the piece. I'm going to go right into an excerpt of the piece. It's a little too long to play the whole thing. And then I'll read what artist Mark Paternostro has to say about the same music. Exotic lands, magic, genies, arabesque shapes morphing into strange flower-animal forms, but not quite, turquoises, soft oranges and greens, layered for sure. Patterns start out but dissolve. There's a darkness lurking. Shapes don't cover the whole surface. They're kind of random and lost, trying to find their way. In the corner, something foreign intrudes into the paradise. There's a fight over territory. The arabesque and the foreigner tangle in skirmish, but then they pull back and regard each other cautiously in the negative space. They swirl around each other, make darting motions into the negative space, stabbing, undulating. The color changes to more oranges and reds. It gets hotter. The adversarial forms are becoming indistinguishable from each other in a swirl. Fade, reappear strong and clear as a new entity. They've changed the landscape through their encounter. Now some incongruous new shapes appear as a new layer on top of the new landscape. Up in the corner, appearing at random moments on the surface, they're lost too.
Jump, flutter, tiptoe to toe, leap, chasing the lost butterfly muse, then still, quiet, alone in the ancient palace of Rome, bare feet flat on the cool marble floor, twilight, aqua sky turned midnight blue, long gone faces search, suspended in time, busy busy soldier ants on the march, back to the garden gate, beware, the gods' giant steps draw near to take the sun, another moth to the flame, shadows follow, speak to the grinning moon, ancestors whisper to the fates, I know you are there, spirit, come closer, but do not touch. That's a visual interpretation by Mark Paternostro of the music that we just heard. The piece is by Shulamit Ran, and it's called Mirage. Prior to that, we heard a visual interpretation by Lynn Besa. Very, very different interpretations, and yet they both used a lot of exotic terminology, which I think is absolutely appropriate for this music. Having so much fun today playing these pieces and listening to what these artists think about as they hear the music. The last one that we have time for today is Victoria Martin. Victoria is an artist who has come to our Thirsty Ear Festival, which we do every year, and done artistic interpretations of the music as it's happening. So again, a person perfectly qualified for this task of visually interpreting music. I'm going to read what she has to say, and then as usual, go right into the music. We'll hear an excerpt of the piece. 
It is either dawn or sunset, or alternating between the two. Time is going forward and backwards, and always portraying this transition from day to night, night to day, the so-called magic hour. Since it is that transitional time of day, the forest or underwater place I am in is behaving strangely. It is a place with many beautiful, organic, brilliantly colored shapes, moving, breathing, and evolving. I feel safe and in rapture, but there is an ominous sense. I feel there is a storm coming on. I am constantly hypnotized, but I am balancing fear with fascination. These beautiful organic shapes in the land, water, skyscape rotate between botanic, animal, and astronomical figures. There are flowers, sea creatures, birds, comets, lightning flashes, and aurora pulsing with life. There are points in this journey when fear sets in, can't go on, yet I am pulled along because I am discovering something. The end is surprised, but I feel that I got what I came for.
an excerpt of Thea Musgrave's Concerto for Orchestra, again, a highly evocative piece. We heard the visual interpretation by Victoria Martin, an artist who is highly sensitive to music. That's all the time we have on the program today, and I hope you had as much fun as I did listening to these wonderful interpretations by visual artists of different pieces of music by composers. I think it helps a lot to have visuals for a piece of music or imagine these narrative constructs. I think of the quote by Victor Hugo in which he says, Music expresses that which cannot be said. It's true that music expresses what cannot be said, and yet I think that we will always try to say what it means to us and to share it with others. I want to thank all the artists who participated in this program, and again, you can find links to all of their work at RelevantTones.com. Relevant Tones is produced by Jesse McCorders, with special thanks to Rory Hartong-Redden. You can find us as a podcast on iTunes, and for more information about the program and the artists we've featured, and for streaming versions of all previous episodes, you can visit us at RelevantTones.com. Relevant Tones is made possible in part by the generous support of GCM Grubner, the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, the Amphion Foundation, and the listener supporters of the WFMT Fine Arts Circle. This project is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts, Art Works. I'm Seth Bosted, and this is the WFMT Radio Network. <laughs>